Katie John, Aunt Emily's Story, Chapter 5 The morning was growing darker instead of brighter. The sun had already been hot in the July sky when Katie had gotten up that morning, but black clouds were piling up. By ten o'clock, the heat caught under the clouds seemed tight with waiting, and it almost dark inside the old house. We're going to have a regular old Midwestern thunder and lightning storm, Mother told Katie. Quick, run and bring the cushions from the lawn swing. Katie hurried out to the glider on the front lawn, gathered up the cushions, and stacked them on the front porch. A low rumble sounded up in the clouds, a sort of clearing of the throat. Katie looked at the cushions. What better place to watch the show? Quickly, she made a nest for herself. Back in California, thunder and lightning storms were rare, and she'd never seen a really big one. A brilliant line zigzagged across the clouds, followed by a crack that jerked Katie to her feet. Woo! She didn't know thunder was that loud. Maybe she should be in the house, but no, that was silly. Thunder couldn't hurt her. She made herself sit down again, even though she winced at every flash and crack. But it was exciting, too, as if the whole sky had suddenly gotten awfully mad about something. Katie's breath came faster. The storm was reaching its peak. Those clouds just must burst. Yes, there on the sidewalk was the first big splat of rain. Lone drops fell, spat, 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 and then the rain came down in great streaks. The lightning and thunder rolled on across the river, and the show was over. Well, that was something. Katie got up and went into the house. Now what should you do? Sue had gone with her mother to spend the day with an aunt in the country. And Katie didn't know any other children. This neighborhood was mostly big old houses with old people living in them. Katie wandered into the parlor, picked up a little Chinese vase, looked at the figures on it, and set it down again. She could dress up Lulu, but the cat didn't seem to be around, probably out in the barn hunting mice. Mother was getting ready to go to the grocery store. Dad was upstairs working. She could hear his typewriter in the still house. Upstairs, that reminded her, there was a back wing up there that she hadn't explored much. And what better time for exploring than a good rainy day? Katie ran up the stairs to the second floor, opened a door, and went down two steps to the back wing. She remembered now that one of these rooms had been Great Aunt Emily's private sitting room when she was a girl. Mother had told her that when she first showed Katie around the house. She opened the door and peeked out. Yes, this was it. There was a pretty white marble fireplace and a little rocker. Glass doors opened onto a small balcony overlooking the vegetable garden. A movement in the vegetable garden caught her eye. It was Prince, Miss Crackenberry's horrid little dog, out there in the rain. Oh, that little beast! He was digging right in the middle of the tomato patch, tearing up the vines. Katie pulled open the balcony doors to shout at him, but he picked up a bone and trotted back to his own yard, waving that silly fluffy tail. Katie stepped out into the balcony. Anyway, the pretend she was Aunt Emily looking out over the vegetable garden. 
Surely Aunt Emily must have had a bow in her day. Katie liked the old-fashioned word, bow. Wonder why Aunt Emily had ended up an old maid. Was she awfully ugly? Come to think of it, she didn't know much about Aunt Emily at all, except that Mother had loved her so much. Mother's mother had died when she was a little girl, so Mother had spent every summer with Aunt Emily. At first, Mother said, Grandpa, Aunt Emily's father, had lived there too, but then he had died, and Aunt Emily had lived alone. For goodness sake, why had she stayed by herself in the big old house all those years? Katie was getting wet now, so she went back into the sitting room. Maybe there's to be a picture of Aunt Emily somewhere. Yes, over there, on a stand, was an old photograph in a curly iron frame. It showed a young woman in a long, high-waisted dress with great puffed sleeves. Katie looked on the back. On it was written, Miss Emily Clark, 1898. She studied the photograph. The girl was posed on the steps of this house. Why, no, she wasn't ugly. Even in the faded picture, her eyes seemed to sparkle, and she looked eager, as if she were about to dash off the steps and away to something exciting. She looks sort of like me, Katie thought suddenly. But then, why hadn't she married if she wasn't ugly? Well, now, here was something to do. She'd just hunt around Aunt Emily's sitting room and see what she could find out about her. There were sheets over some of the furniture. Katie peeked under the sheets until she found a desk. Just the thing. She unfolded the front lid and came down to form the writing stand. Inside were pigeonholes and little shallow drawers. Katie settled happily to work. She found silver cufflinks. Whose, she wondered. Buttons, a brooch, as well as pins, flowered stationery, and a bottle of dried ink. In one drawer was a program. St. John's Episcopal Church Benefit Chess Pageant. She read June 12, 1897. People had played the part of chess pieces, and Miss Emily Clark was the White Queen. Oh, the lovely things people did in the olden days. In another drawer she found a sheaf of letters from St. Louis Department Store, each ordering more of Aunt Emily's hand-painted, hand-laced doilies. My! Aunt Emily must have earned a lot of money for a woman in those days, making doilies. She must have been a good businesswoman, too, for in one letter the store agreed to pay the higher price she asked. At last, Katie found a thin set of letters tied with faded pink ribbon. The pages were yellow and brittle with age. But wait! Was it wrong to read someone else's letters? If these were my letters, Katie reasoned, I'd want my great-niece to read them. So she knew what sort of person I was. Carefully, she unfolded the first page. It began, My dear Miss Emily. Katie looked at the signature. Yours, respectfully, faithful friend, Robert Bulger. She read, We have arrived in Cuba, and the weather is very warm. Soon we shall leave the ship to go to camp. But do not be alarmed, dear Emily, for we soon will attend to these Spaniards. Spaniards? Katie looked at the date, 1898. 
why he must have gone to fight in the Spanish-American War. Let's see, that was in Cuba in 1898, and the Americans won. Would he tell about battles? In the next letter, Mr. Bolger was still on the ship. He wrote about the heat and said they'd had beef and beans to eat. There were seven or eight letters, but by the last one, he still hadn't gotten off that ship. It was still hot, and he was still having beef and beans for dinner. Nevertheless, Katie John was sitting straight up with excitement, for the letters told one very important thing. Mr. Bolger was Aunt Emily's fiancé. They were engaged to be married, for he kept talking about the lovely wedding they'd have just as soon as he got back. Then what had happened? Had poor Mr. Bolger been killed in the war? Katie hunted through the desk, but found nothing more. A quick search around the room turned up some pretty ornaments, but nothing about Mr. Bolger. There were some barrels of things in the basement and a trunk on the third floor hall. Maybe in the trunk. As Katie went into the main part of the house, she saw Dad in the hallway below at the front door, letting in a fat man. He was probably a plumber. The pipes in the house were so old, something was always springing a leak. She ran upstairs to the third floor. Here the rooms were smaller and the ceiling lower, and the rain drummed loudly on the flat roof. How cozy it was up here on the top of the house. At the end of the hallway under a window stood the trunk, piled high with old magazines. Katie took them off and stacked them on the floor. She lifted the trunk lid. Ah! Pasted inside the lid was a neat card saying, Property of Emily C. Clark, and listing the address. Katie took out a dusty layer of old newspapers, and there were treasures for rainy day browsing. She saw shimmers of cloth, folded paper, and books. Here a little cream pitcher with a picture of a Dutch boy on its side. Here a stack of Aunt Emily's doilies with pictures and verses drawn on them in faded ink, but nothing about Mr. Bolger. Katie took out the tray of the trunk. The bottom was filled with sheens of white satin. Carefully, she lifted it out. Oh, it was gorgeous. It was a dress, long and full, with deep borders of lace at the neckline. A piece of paper fluttered out of the folds of satin. Katie read the words on it. My wedding gown. Katie's throat felt tight. Oh, poor dear Aunt Emily. Here was her wedding dress, and she'd never worn it. What happened? There was nothing in the trunk to tell her more. Katie started to fold up the heavy satin, though she hated to bury it away again. It was so beautiful. Would look so beautiful on. Did she dare to put it on? Perhaps, if she was very careful, Katie stepped out of her clothing and into the beautiful gown. Slowly, she eased the satin and lace over her head. With a rich swish, the dress fell around her. Of course, it was too long. When she had fastened some of the snaps, though, she found that it almost fitted at the waist. What a tiny waist she must have had, Katie marveled. The top of the gown was much too full for Katie, but it was stiff with lace. She smoothed the lace with one finger, wondering if Aunt Emily had made it. Now she wished to see herself in a mirror. 
Gathering up the skirt so that it would not drag on the floor, she started for the bedroom. She stopped. Someone was coming up the stairs. It was Dad, bringing the fat man she had seen downstairs. Dad caught sight of her and snorted. Well, Miss Katie, what are you up to? The fat man was puffing from the stairs. He winked at Katie and said, Fancy dud you got, sis. I was looking through the old trunk, Katie began. Better not get into those things without asking your mother, Dad interrupted. He seemed in a hurry to get back to his business with the man. Now on this floor, sir, he said, we have four bedrooms and a bathroom. Why, Dad was showing the house to this man. He must be a buyer. Katie John held up the skirts and hurried after them. She'd help Dad. There's a fireplace in every bedroom, she said. Fire hazard, sis, the man grunted. To Katie's dismay, he spit on a painted fire screen. Rumors might set fire to place. Rumors? Katie faltered. Sure, the man said. All an old rattletrap place like this is good for is rooming house. But, Katie John, Dad said firmly, go into another room and take off that dress now. As Katie changed into her clothes, she could hear the fat man across the hallway, opening closet doors and rapping on the wall. He talked to Dad as if this house was an old hulk, and he seemed interested mainly in how many renters he could squeeze into the house. Great-grandfather Clark would turn over in his grave, Katie thought. And Aunt Emily certainly hadn't kept up the old Clark place all these years for it to be turned into a cheap rooming house. Katie John marched out to the fat man and smiled sweetly. There are lots of bathrooms, too, she said. Six, you know. Of course, all the plumbing is old. But pipes don't start leaking all at once, just sometimes, except for that pipe in the second floor hall. She chattered on, ignoring Dad, who was waving his hands and scowling at her from behind the man's back. She laughed merrily. Dad says that pipe should be solid gold. So much money he's been spending on repairing it. Hold it, the fat man scowled. He turned to Dad. Just how old is this plumbing? Well, uh, naturally it's not new. <laughs> Dad didn't look happy. About fifty years old, I'd say. You can't expect an old house to have new plumbing, you know. Humph. I don't know. The man shook his head. I don't want to spend a lot of repairs. Just want to make some money off this house for a few years before it falls apart. Guess I'll have to think it over some more. He started down the stairs. Dad glared at Katie and followed him. Katie felt, though, she'd done a good deed. She'd saved the house from that man, she thought. She had folded the wedding gown back into the trunk. Aunt Emily must be glad up in heaven. When she ran downstairs, the fat man was gone, and Dad was telling Mother about what had happened. Miss Catherine certainly fixed that sale, he said. We won't see any more of him, and he's the only interested buyer I've had. Oh, but Daddy, Katie coaxed. You wouldn't really let him turn into a boarding house, would you? He was mean. He wouldn't love the house and take care of it. Daddy laughed ruefully. Katie, selling a house isn't like giving away kittens. 
You may pick and choose for a good home for your kittens, but you don't try to pick a good owner for a home. This house you should, Katie insisted. Mother smiled at her. I feel rather the way Katie does. The Clark family has been happy in this house for almost ninety years. It seems a shame to turn the house over to someone who'd let it go to pieces. That reminded Katie of Aunt Emily, and she told Mother of her search through Aunt Emily's things this morning. Dad was interested and followed along as Mother went back to the kitchen to put the groceries away. But what became of Mr. Bulger? Katie asked. Did he die in the war? Mother laughed. No, he didn't die. He came back and Aunt Emily wouldn't have him after all. The story went that while Robert Bulger was at war, he'd had a house built for himself and Aunt Emily to live in. But when he came back, someone offered him a good bit of money for the house, so he sold it. He told Aunt Emily they could just as easily live with his mother and father in this big house. Aunt Emily was very strong-minded. Mother, She told Robert that if she couldn't have a home of her own, she'd stay in this house. They quarreled, and stay she did. I don't blame her, Katie John sighed. But how sad. Mother laughed again. I don't think it really was. From what Aunt Emily told me, she was glad for the excuse to break the engagement. Robert Bulger wasn't as kind to her as when he had been before the war. Actually, I think that she just found she didn't love Robert after all, Mother said. A woman will put up with anything from a man she loves. Glad to hear it, Dad broke in. Now that it's stopped raining, I'm going down to the river to fish. Will you clean the fish for me? Oh, Mother was caught. All right. Maybe you won't catch anything anyway. May I go with you, Dad? Katie jumped up. I'll make a lunch. She still wasn't satisfied about Aunt Emily, though, about why she'd stayed alone in the big house all her life. Surely, if she was so strong-minded, she could have gone adventuring into the world, been a teacher or something. Did she stay in the house because it had been in the family so long? She couldn't bear to sell it to strangers. I like the house, Katie decided, but that wouldn't be reason enough for me to stay. She tucked away the thoughts and went off to the river with dad. Mm -hmm.